This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. The X-Zone Radio Show with Rob McConnell is largely an opinion talk show. All opinions, comments, or statements of fact expressed by Rob McConnell's guests are strictly their own and are not to be construed as those of the Exxon Radio Show or endorsed in any manner by Rob McConnell, Relmar McConnell Media Company, the Exxon Broadcast Network, its affiliated networks, stations, employees, or advertisers. All-Hit Radio. Welcome to the X-Zone, a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality. Now, here's your host, Rob McConnell. 911, what's your emergency? Something's not right in my neighbor's apartment. He's been yelling at night. This has been going on for over a month. I knocked on the door to try to talk to him, but he never answers. I think someone should come over and take a look. In my opinion, Alan was suffering from dissociative identity disorder or paranoid schizophrenia. This man was in direct contact with the Lord. His journal is the evidence and is as important as any found gospel. I have no idea what happened in that apartment. What I know is this journal is unlike anything I have ever read and probably nothing like it again. This journal takes us in his mind as he's unraveling. It's one of the most disturbing books I've ever read. 911, what's your emergency? I'm scared. I think I need help. Explanation what you've been listening to is the trailer for a very interesting, to say the least, book. It's entitled Voices or God, The Journey of Alan Kerrigan. Now, what happened to Alan? Alan's mother clung desperately to the pages of his journal. Isolated by grief, she searched frantically for answers. Seven years have passed since Meredith lost her son, and she has finally begun to heal. With the support of her family and friends, Meredith has found the courage to share what she can only explain as the horror of Alan's descent into madness. Alan's journal will change the view of believers and skeptics alike as readers enter the darkness of Alan's mind and journey with him to his final hours. And um, this is a direct quote. The journal has been printed as it was found. It is unedited unfiltered, and reader discretion is advised. The website, www.insidethejournal.com. And joining us this hour to discuss Voices or God, the journal of Alan Kerrigan, is the publisher, Brent Skolnick. And Brent, welcome to the X-Zone. Thanks for having me on today. I greatly appreciate it. Brent, tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got involved in this this. I don't even know how to classify it. What kind of story is it? You know, this this journal of madness. Um, so I met with Alan's mother, Meredith. I first met her over a year now. And we just kind of hit it off just talking about, you know, life and whatever. Mm-hmm. And we just kept in contact. And then I'd say probably a few months later after, you know, speaking, you know, more and more fre- frequently, she explained to me what happened uh, to Alan and she also told me uh, about this journal. So she, you know, sent it over to me, said, you know, take a look. You know, this is really what she's been dealing with for the past seven years. And it was something that just kind of blew my mind away. It was really fascinating, really, you know, um, dark and really mm-hmm. deep emotions that ran through the pages. And, um, you know, it touched me. And I said, hey, if there's anything I can do, if you guys decide to uh, publish this book, um, let me know. I'll help you out in any way 
possible. And I have, I'm not a publisher, so I just want to, you know, I'm helping them. I'm self-publishing mm-hmm. this book with them with the help from uh, Meredith. So um, she reached back out to me uh, a couple months back and said, you know, this is something she wanted to move forward with. And uh, from there, we kind of just been working together to get this out uh, to the public and um, for other people to kind of see uh, from a perspective of someone that's journaling about their life and seeing the impact that, you know, certain issues can have on someone. Um, you get to see this firsthand and it's just a fascinating, um, fascinating journal. I mean, there's really no other way to describe it except for it's just really jarring and uh, it really like hits you in so many mm-hmm. different ways. All right, Brett, you and I have to take our first break. We'll be right back with our special guest this hour, Brett Skolnick. The website, www.insidethejournal.com. And this hour here on the XOM, we're going to be talking about Voices or God, the journal of Alan Carrigan. This is the XOM. I am Rob McConnell. We're coming to you around the world from our broadcast center in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada, on our broadcast affiliates, broadcast networks, and, of course, various satellite programming distributors around the world. Don't forget, the X Chronicles newspaper is available for one and all with our compliments at www.xchroniclesnewspaper.com and the still rising count for readers and downloads of the September, I'm sorry, the August-September issue, 7 million plus around the world. Like, send me an email, exxon at exxonradiotv.com, and check out all the great programming we have available for you on the Exxon Broadcast Network at www.xzbn.net. This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the X-Zone Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the Exxon Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan, and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember, 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere, 24-7-365. I am Dr. Carl O'Helvey, founder, president of a new cancer foundation focusing on evidence-based physical, mental, and spiritual interventions, including natural cancer cures, prayer, meditation, affirmations, nutrition, and other related holistic cancer prevention and cure modalities. These are used in cancer education, research, and financing care. I ask for your help to continue this important work by donating at www.holisticcancerfoundation.com. Is it science or is it magic? Once a magical thing has been scientifically proven, is it no longer magic? Or is magic simply the science of tomorrow? Join me, Gwilda Wiecka, on The Science of Magic, a syndicated radio program dedicated to combining the science and magic of today's dynamic and controversial topics to co-create new solutions. 
by triangulating information from today's leading experts from the scientific and magical fields, we uncover expansive and evolutionary truths you won't find anywhere else. Join us daily on the Exxon Broadcast Network, xzbn.net, as I interview the share the thoughts with the amazing guests from both science and magic. The resulting knowledge is unprecedented. As a gift to you, the listener, past episodes can be accessed on our website free of charge at thescienceofmagic.net. Little children aren't the only ones afraid of the dark. Millions of soldiers return from war zones with PTSD, anger, frustration, fear, and loneliness, much of which surfaces during the darkness of the night. You have the chance to change the lives of these American heroes. Songs and Stories for Soldiers.us provides free MP3 players for these men and women. With a list of 3 million songs in 16 different styles, 100,000 audiobooks, and 30,000 old-time radio programs, every veteran can find something to soothe and comfort them at no cost. All our players contain an 8-hour audio program designed to help veterans fall asleep. With 1,500-plus vets now participating, it's our goal to deliver 10,000 audio players this year. Go to our website at songsandstoriesforsoldiers.us. Help us help a veteran make it through the night. Welcome back, everyone. We're talking about Voices or God, the journal of Alan Kerrigan, www.insidethejournal.com. With us is the publisher, Brett Skolnick. Now, Brett, uh, what is the main objective of getting this book out? And how can this book be of help to people? Yeah, that's a really, really great question. So, main objective is to really just give an inside perspective to what so many people deal with on a day-to-day basis when dealing with um, mental health or struggles of dealing with, you know, their own emotions or dealing with, um, you know, the norms of society, right? So inside the journal, Alan, just really, as you would expect in any journal that's meant specifically for your own eyes, he when writing it wasn't anticipating anyone reading it, you can really see um, his point of views, his fears, and everything that, you know, he was scared of. And midway through the journal, he starts to hear uh, a voice, um, which he ends up perceiving to be God. Whether it was God or not, mm-hmm. who knows? You know, he's Alan's no longer here to really kind of talk about that. He never really talked about anyone well, uh, about it with anyone. Most people that have read the journal, um, you know, believe that it was some sort of um, mental health issue. He was having some sort of break, right. or he was slowly developing something um, that was, you know, taking over mm-hmm. his mind, and he wasn't able to uh, cope with it. And nor did he seek assistance um, to cope with it. So the journal really is just um, kind of a, a view on how it can impact somebody and how people you know, tend to isolate mm-hmm. and tend to not reach out to people. And it's more to people that maybe don't necessarily, um, you know, they're not fully aware of what it is for someone to have, you know, an issue with their mental health or maybe it's something that's not fully right. on their conscience. So it's really to, you know, bring it out to the masses that, you know, people are struggling, you know, on a day-to-day basis. And, you know, it could be someone that, you know, Mm -hmm. you're working with, or it could be a friend, it could be a loved one, it could be a complete stranger. Um, So we're just kind of showing that, you know, um, know, how real it really is. And you can see it through a man who was struggling, and you can see it through his uh, writings. All right. So let me ask you a few questions here to try and help myself and our listeners get a better grasp of the story behind the story here. For example, how old was Alan at the time of, the, of his uh, passing? And did he commit suicide or did he die of natural causes? Okay, so Alan, he had, he had committed suicide. Okay. Uh, at the end of you know, the journal, mm-hmm. it's very evident 
that he had uh, committed suicide, unfortunately, and he was in his mid-20s. So okay. it's, it's a span of about the way that the journal was written, the way he wrote in his mm-hmm. journals, uh, nothing was ever dated. So it's just kind of entry one, two, three, et cetera. So try to really figure out the timeline. It's mm-hmm. really hard to say whether it was 12 months, 10 months, 18 months. There are definitely specific entries that he was a Jets fan. So this was, this was during the time when the Jets were in the playoffs and they made it to the AFC championship right. game. So you know that specific date because you could go back and be like, all right, when did the Jets play the Chargers or the Colts or you know, whoever they were mm-hmm. playing that specific weekend? So you can figure that out, but you really don't really know when the next entry was right. or you know, when things start to really spiral, how long was mm-hmm. it from entry 81 to entry 82? Was that two days or was it two weeks? So that timeline's kind of difficult to really figure out. Gotcha. But overall, you know, you're looking at about – a year's worth, I'd say, of, uh, of entries. Now, did Alan live at home with his mother, or did he live at home at his own home with someone else, or did he live alone? He lived by himself in New York uh, mm-hmm. in his apartment, uh, and he was just a you know a regular guy. He worked full time, um, hung out, had a bunch of friends, right. um, went out to bars, you know, smoked weed, and just he was just a normal everyday guy that you would see on the on the train going to work and coming yeah. back and you know complaining about work in his journals sure. and stuff and his writings and stuff like that so yeah he that's that's what he did i mean he was just a uh, typical you know everyday mid 20s guy mm-hmm. graduated college nothing really that you would expect but i think that's kind of you know, um, you know, one of the things with, you know, mental health, you don't really expect it. You don't really know. There's really not a, a face to it or like well, uh, an exact, this is who you anticipate it to be or the norm. So um, I, I understand yeah. that. I understand that. But when it comes to a person who is so deep where they start hearing voices and the, the aspect of reality is totally altered and they're on their way to committing suicide, how come nobody notices, and how come nobody stepped in to help? Sure, isolation, 100% isolation. You can see it in the... But you said he had a lot of friends and that he worked. Yep, he did, but he also just isolated. He isolated, and you can tell through the writings, he continues to isolate. Mm -hmm. And the, you know, you see it's um, less about him hanging out with his friends. You know, he writes about how his boss is getting on him for not showing up to mm. work or his work is lacking. And then, you know, right. one of the entries he says his boss is, you know, saying, hey, he doesn't look very good. You know, you got some bags under your eyes and, you know, his sleep is being impacted. And he slowly isolates and he's not returning his mother's calls or her texts or anything like that. And then towards, like, the end of it, he's really, he's writing, you know, I haven't seen my friends. No one, the mm-hmm. only one that's seeing me is the delivery driver who's delivering food to me and, you know, the gentleman down at the local uh, corner store that I'm buying cigarettes from, you know, so he really Mm -hmm. isolates um, and he just doesn't talk to anyone. You know, he doesn't return phone calls. So if people are calling, you're not really returning phone calls, but, you know, people would check on him or he'd send like a quick text like, hey, I'm okay, you know, stuff Mm -hmm. along those lines. Unfortunately, people have their own lives and, you know, you kind of just drift away and it's you know it's a sad reality sure but his mother where did she live he was in new york city where was she uh she was in another part of the state um and he did visit her you know there was definitely times that he writes about going Mm -hmm. home and visiting um her his father had passed away and he uh you know writes a little bit about his dad in there as well so he gone home and visited and there was a time where he even writes about wanting to um tell her about what's going on but his biggest fear um and i'm sure it would resonate with you know a lot of people his biggest fear was just being judged and being judged by family friends or being judged by society so he really was scared and dealt with that a lot and not feeling comfortable enough in himself to be able to really seek that help even if it was for you know a family mother, mother, or, you know, brother or sister. He just, he wasn't comfortable because we're not talking about him, you know, having high-end anxiety or, you know, really, really feeling low. We're talking about a man who believed he was hearing, you know, 
God speak to him, right? And it's such a, you know, far-fetched concept. And it's just mm-hmm. like, for me, it's like that doesn't really necessarily make sense. But for him, it was real. And this is what he thought. So he wouldn't go to someone and be like, you know, I think I'm hearing voices because it wasn't that. It was he thought that he was 100% hearing the voice of God. And it wasn't like God was telling him, to do anything or if it wasn't like commands or, you know, there wasn't a dialogue back and forth. This wasn't, you know, anything religious. It was just based upon some of the stuff that he was hearing. He believed that he was hearing a voice of God. And then for him, he wasn't comfortable enough and he just was, you know, so insecure, I guess, to be able to come out and have that dialogue with, even if it was just going to seek, you know, professional things, he, he just couldn't do it. And it's, evident because he writes about it and he writes about how he wants to do it but he always would kind of go back what would people think what would my parents think even right. if my parents believe me what would people think of my you know even my mother believe me what would they think of my mother so he struggled with that you know very you know it's very evident based upon his writings was he an only child he was not he was a brother and a sister and what part uh, in this entire story do you believe that his religious upbringing may have played Zero. I don't think at all he was. Actually, there's um, some pretty interesting entries where he's mm-hmm. totally anti-organized um, religion. So there, this wasn't like he was raised um, in a ultra, right. you know, religious household or went to a religious high school, a college, or anything along those lines. This was quite the opposite. You know, there was actually a pretty interesting. Uh, entry where he writes, you know, there's people that he's talking about when he's kind of voicing his, you know, frustration at mm-hmm. hearing this voice. He says, you know, there's people that pray to you all the time. Uh, you know, why wouldn't you speak to them? I don't sure. even necessarily believe in you. Why are you speaking to me? Like, I, I don't get it. And, you know, this, you know, you could see. So from a religious standpoint, absolutely nothing. You know, there was nothing there that would, you know, you know, it's a, it's a common question. You know, was he super religious, could mm-hmm. that have been, you know, what he thought he was hearing, but it's the, you know, total opposite in this case. Stand by, Brett. You and I have to take our news break at the bottom of the hour. Exxon Nation, Brett Skolnick is our guest. He is the publisher of Voices or God, the Journal of Alan Kerrigan. www.insidethejournal.com. And this is the Exxon, a place where people dare to believe and dare to be heard. It's a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality. And we come to you Monday through Friday from 10 p.m. Eastern until 2 a.m. Eastern right here on the Exxon Broadcast Network and our family of broadcast affiliates right around this great big world of ours. Don't forget the X Chronicles newspaper is out and available for one and all at www.xchroniclesnewspaper.com. Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. How would you like to be able to read other people's minds? Well, the next best thing is here. When you know how to read a person's name, you know how the person thinks, feels, and behaves. Each letter in our name holds a key to unlock our true essence. Our name contains both our gifts and challenges in this lifetime. Nemology Science discovers personality secrets hidden in the placement of the letters of our names, including the first and last impression people remember about us. Sharon shows us how to interpret the arrangement of letters as outlined in her book, Know the Name, Know the Person. 
Sharon Lynn Wyeth created Nemology Science after 18 years of research and testing her theories and has supported thousands of people around the world in understanding themselves and others better. You'll enjoy Sharon's unique teachings as she shares her system to learn the gifts behind your given birth name. Even if you don't like your birth name, there are jewels in this book. If you're thinking of changing your name, ready to name your child, or wanting to get along better with others, this is the book for you. If you'd like to improve your relationships and change your life for the better, get the book today. Know the name, know the person. Or visit www.knowthename.com. That's www.knowthename.com. Hello, I'm Justina Marsh, and with my dad, Pete, we are going to present a new show called Too Good to Be True. Together, we are aiming to discover more truths about this world and beyond. Do you have unanswered questions about the world? Do you ever wonder about aliens, conspiracy theories, or the universe? There are many shows discussing subjects such as pyramids or UFOs, but we want to relay this information based on our own research, including from spiritual means. Hopefully, listeners will be helped with their own beliefs and will appreciate the psychic insights that add to the previous research and information. We both look forward to sharing this insight and beginning this journey with our listeners. Visit xzbn.net for more information about when to listen. Ancient prophecies, legends, and current events indicate we're entering a high-frequency era supporting enlightenment. During expansive times, old rules fail, necessitating access to the ever-shifting currents of life for guidance. There's an ancient form of shamanism through which we can obtain the information we need. I'm Gwilda Wiecka, founder and director of Path Home Shamanic Art School, with a great new provision for those interested in spiritual evolution and personal empowerment. Galactic Shamanism, Art of the Ancients, Key to Tomorrow is an upcoming series of leading-edge online affordable classes designed to guide and support you and your family during these times of transition. Embrace the magic. Empower your life. Study Galactic Shamanism at findyourpathhome.com. This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. Nine one one. what's your emergency? Something's not right in my neighbor's apartment. He's been yelling at night. This has been going on for over a month. I knocked on the door to try to talk to him, but he never answers. I think someone should come over and take a look. In my opinion, Alan was suffering from dissociative identity disorder or paranoid schizophrenia. This man was in direct contact with the Lord. His journal is the evidence and is as important as any found gospel. I have no idea what happened in that apartment. What I know is this journal is unlike anything I have ever read and probably nothing like it again. This journal takes us in his mind as he's unraveling. It's one of the most disturbing books I've ever read. 911, what's your emergency? <sighs> I'm scared. I think I need help. All right, Exonation. The name of the book is Voices or God, the Journal of Alan Kerrigan. The website is www.insidethejournal.com. With us this hour is Brett Skolnick. He is the publisher. And Brett, um, in the in the trailer that we just played, there are you know there's the nine one one operator. There's a clip of somebody saying that they're a neighbor in the apartment. He, they, you know this person is yelling. 
trying, he tries to go over and uh, see what's going on. The, he doesn't answer the door. And then towards the end of the clip, you have someone I would imagine who is representing themselves to be Alan, who's calling up 911 asking for help. Did he ever cut, get any help from the 911 calls that were made? No, he didn't. Um, unfortunately, you know, f- for the trailer, you know, that's kind of like we were trying to give a full um, explanation of what was going on. And so Alan actually never did call 911 and, and seek out for help. Like, he, well, he, just, he just didn't. So, you know, we kind of really, when we were creating the trailer, uh, the video, we really wanted to kind of give a full sense of, you know, something's going on in the apartment, a couple mm-hmm. of people who have read the journal, what their thoughts are, mm-hmm. and then here is this uh, a voice of, you know, someone who, you know, in this case would be Alan, and how shaken he was looking for the assistance. It was kind of a, an asking for help, mm-hmm. but unfortunately those calls never did exist, and he never sought help in any way at all. But doesn't that open up a door to question whether, based on the fact that you, you just said that there were never any 911 calls, basically the trailer was put together to show the, the, the significance of what are found in the pages, which, according to the tag here, the journal has been printed as it was found, it is unedited, unfiltered, and the reader's discretion is advised. So doesn't this contradict that? Yeah, I could. Yeah, I mean, I could see, you know, how you could, uh, you know, how you could see that. But we weren't necessarily. We don't have, you know, um, audio of Alan or. I know. I, no, I understand. I understand. You don't have the audio of Alan. But to say nine one one calls were made, and there were no nine one one calls made. Yeah. No. I, I mean, I, again, I, we're just trying to show the whole uh, snapshot of what was going on in the apartment, you know, what people were, would read and what their thoughts would be. And then, you know, kind of the only way we could show, you know, explain how Alan would be mm-hmm. nervous looking for assistance would be able to kind of go back yeah. into the 911 call. There's no other way to show him looking for assistance unless, you know, a look at, not even looking for assistance, looking you know, to express how scared he was. Yeah. I understand your question, so it's a valid point. You see, my, my, I'm coming to you from this side. I used to be a policeman. 911 calls are a priority in any law enforcement agency. Mm-hmm. So to hear in a clip, based on the premise that the clip actually represents the reality of the book, that 911 calls were made by neighbors, 911 calls, a 911 call was made by Alan, and just to find out that, you know, there was no help, and then the question is asked, well, you know, what happened with the 911 calls? And they weren't there. I, I just find that rather confusing. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I completely uh, understand, Okay. Yeah, you know, your, your point of view 100%. Okay, so why what what did you find most intriguing about the journal then? Really, this the the realness and you know the rawness in there. Um, the you know I wasn't I don't know about yourself. I'm not a a person who journals. I don't really mm-hmm. write you know everything that kind of goes through my mind. Whatever, good yeah. day, bad day, or whatever's on my mind. So to kind of get that perspective of um of you know an individual who's writing about their their life experiences and kind of seeing from that point of view that's kind of what the most fascinating thing is and then also at the same time you know there's just the opinions and the emotion Mm -hmm. and then the you know way things transpire through the pages and then going into you know dark areas of someone's life and really seeing that Mm -hmm. it's just you know that whole thing coming together right in front of you is just uh fascinating so would you say that uh the the journal was a window into the life of alan kerrigan yeah i I would absolutely for that you know for that time right because you know as we grow older and you know 
uh, likes and dislikes as a teenager than mm-hmm. someone that's, you know, 20, 30, 40, however long, you know, things change. So at that point in time, it, yeah, it's given you a snapshot of where he was at okay. in his life. I don't want to say this is who he was mm-hmm. or who he would have continued to be, but at that point in time, what was going through his mind, absolutely. Another another question I have is the question of why, if the son did not return the calls to the mother, why the mother didn't do something about it, why she didn't seek help, why she didn't go to the authorities or go to a neighbor, go to a friend and find out what the heck was going on? Yeah, so she definitely, there was, again, not full communication. Like, she would reach out to him, mm-hmm. and then maybe he would just say, hey, I got your message. So there wasn't, you know, a complete, it wasn't like six months. Like, obviously, if it was like mm-hmm. six months of no communication, okay. you know, somebody, or even, you know, three months, someone would definitely reach out, and that ultimately ends what happens. You know, there is no communication, and then, you know, the neighbors hear something, contact the police, and then that's kind of how Alan is found. But, you know, there was still limited communication, but it wasn't something to the fact where, like, there was one entry where he says, I just spoke with my mother today. Mm-hmm. She knows something's wrong. You know, she knows something. I know she knows something's wrong. She kept asking me, but I kind of just tell her, no, everything's okay. And, you know, you can relate to that because I'm sure there's been times Someone's like, oh, you know, everything all right? Of course. Like you're having a bad day. And you're like, no, 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 everything's fine. So it's easy to play off, especially whether it's through text or through phone conversations. So I don't want to be like it's, mm-hmm. you know, months upon months of no communication. Right. It was just very little communication and very much yes, no, thanks type of communication. The fact that this journal was only read and discovered after Alan passed, how can the journaling that are being done by people who are not past yet and who expect the right to privacy, how can this journal help people to better understand those people who are journaling? I'm not quite following. Can you ask, just repeat that one yeah, more sure. time? Yeah, okay. sure. Okay. As I see it, the reason why this book was written is to tell Alan's story so that it can be a, a lesson to others, Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. So since journaling is very private, it's, you know, diary. It's the old diary. Journaling is a, is a word that has been brought up ever since the social media. People don't make their diaries private or their journals, uh, I'm sorry, public, or their journals public. So how can telling Alan's story help anybody else out there? Okay, gotcha. Uh, totally. So, yeah. again, you know, what we're trying to do by releasing the journal mm-hmm. is two things. Show that what can really happen when you're isolated and you're really not seeking any type of assistance and, you know, gets you into the mind of somebody who's really struggling. And for somebody who, again, is dealing with something similar or does or like this is completely foreign to them and it, you know they're, they're not really even thinking about it just kind of you know begin to at least get things churning in your mind to be like all right you know there are people that are struggling that are dealing with stuff and kind of get that topic of conversation mm-hmm. brought up and then also you know one of the other things we wanted to do is with the journal being released we are donating percentage of the proceeds to the american foundation for suicide prevention, which is AFSP. Mm-hmm. And so we wanted to help also raise support for great foundations that are helping people that are struggling that, you know, Alan didn't necessarily seek, you know, assistance for. Um, so, you yeah. know, that's kind of the idea behind it, you know, begin, you know, more, not even begin, just you know, continue on, you know, mm-hmm. better understanding of mental health and how, it impacts so many people that are struggling with their mental health as well as how many people deliberate mm-hmm. or, you know, you know, go through with suicide and trying to raise awareness into that and support into that by donating uh, proceeds to that uh, cause as well. But isn't it also well known that the people who need the, 
the mental health very rarely know that they do, and they're the first people to deny that they need any help at all? Absolutely, 100%, you know, and, you know, in Alan's case, that was mm-hmm. absolutely it. So, yeah, so, and it's, it's, it's hard, right? It's hard for someone to, you know, come to grips with, you know, their reality and say, All right, mm-hmm. you know, something's off here a little bit, and maybe I should, you know, seek some assistance. So even if the, the journal kind of resonates with someone that maybe something is going on, that they're able to then seek help or maybe someone that might think they're a loved one or a friend or someone, you know, they're kind of been isolating a little bit more and that just kind of sparks something in them that they never even thought and maybe opens up a dialogue with them. So there's so many different things and variables that, that happen that this could potentially help or, you know, it might just mm-hmm. be read as just as a journal from, you know, a gentleman who experienced some serious traumatic um, events in his life and you you take it uh, you know at face value so you know it's it's really up to whoever is reading it what they're going to get out of it what were some of the traumatic events in alan's life that you believe may have pointed him in the direction of his final demise so there was he talks about the passing of his father and his father passed um Mm -hmm. uh, from cancer and he talks about that in great detail from the standpoint of not really how much it impacted him, but how his father was when going through his cancer and through his treatment and how he saw his father deal with it and not really necessarily the way Alan thought or wished he would. So definitely there's some of that is in there that he talks about. He also talks about 9-11 as well, um, and a pretty lengthy entry. So those are like some big, big things that he talks about. And then there's this other little opinionated ideas that he has with whether it's social media, he wasn't necessarily a big fan of mm-hmm. that, or, you know, just kind of how people were, he felt a lot of people were materialistic and he didn't quite understand everything that was going on in society. So he was definitely confused about that. But then at the same time, you know, there would be entries that he was just talking about, oh, you know, I just went out last night with uh, my buddies, went down to the bar and hung out all night, and, you know, I'm getting ready for, you know, the football game and, you know, watch the, you know, the Rangers play. So there's a lot of, you know, it's not all dark and, you know, misery. There's a lot of stuff in there that, you know, he reminisces about how much he misses his childhood and how much he liked it or, you know, type of music and when he first heard, like, the Beatles or, you know, he was into hip-hop as well and he talked about, you know, that, you know, that music as well. So there was a lot of other things that he would reminisce that would um, show, you know, how much he did and, you know, mm-hmm. enjoy his life up to that point. So it was a kind of uh, pretty decent balance on that for the first half. And then as he you know, starts to hear whatever he's hearing, you know, those reminiscing about good days and talking about how great his weekend was, those slowly, you know, become less and less, and it's really more about his fears and his insecurities and him not wanting to tell people or, you know, he didn't want to be judged and how it was impacting him and stuff like that. Brett, stand by. We've got to take our final break for this hour. Exxon Nation, our guest this hour is Brett Skolnick. He is the publisher of Voices or God, the Journal of Alan Kerrigan. And you can get a copy of uh, the book Voices or God at www.insidethejournal.com. That's www.insidethejournal.com. And we'll be back as we wrap up this hour here in the X-Zone from our broadcast center in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada, on the other side of this break. Don't go away. Earth is under ever-increasing pressure from untenable lifestyles and growing populations. Yet, viable answers seem in short supply. What if I told you there's an ancient form that can empower you to take charge of your life? What if your entire family could be enfolded and supported by life itself, finding safe passage through challenging times? 
I'm Gwilda Wiecka, founder and director of Path Home Shamanic Art School with great news, an upcoming series of leading-edge online affordable classes based in an ancient form of shamanism easily learned and used by your entire family. Galactic Shamanism, Art of the Ancients, Key to Tomorrow are a series of online adult and children's lessons instructing your entire family on natural law, how to cooperate with and be supported by the powers of the universe. Visit findyourpathhome.com to find these unique and powerful classes. This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the X-Zone Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the Exxon Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan, and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere, 24-7-365. Are you curious? Do you want to learn more about how the world works and have fun at the same time? Study coincidences with me, Dr. Bernie Beitman, MD, on my Connecting with Coincidence radio show here on the XZBN network. Listen to Jungians theorize, statisticians randomize, true believers evangelize while I categorize. I dance to the rhythm of coincidences. People who experience me see more of them. Maybe something on the show matches a thought in your mind. Let us know. Expand your mind to the weirdness happening around you. Synchronicity spoken here, there, and everywhere. For more information, put Connecting with Coincidence in your search engine and find my website, my social media sites, and my blog. truth? Historically, we viewed things as either being true or false. Now as we enter a more expansive era, we find the question is not, is it true, but rather, how true is it? I'm Gwilda Wiecka, host of the Science of Magic Radio, a syndicated, internationally broadcast radio program dedicated to uncovering this ever-expanding truth. Join me daily on the Exxon Broadcast Network, xzbn.net, as I interview today's leading experts from the fields of science and magic to uncover the hidden truth between the lines drawn in the sand. What we unearth in our discussions is not only amazing, but totally unprecedented. You won't want to miss a single episode. In service to our listeners, past episodes can always be found on our website with our compliments at thescienceofmagic.net. In my opinion, Alan was suffering from dissociative identity disorder or paranoid schizophrenia. This man was in direct contact with the Lord. His journal is the evidence and is as important as any found gospel. I have no idea what happened in that apartment. What I know is this journal is unlike anything I have ever read and probably nothing like it again. This journal takes us in his mind as he's unraveling. It's one of the most disturbing books I've ever read. 911, what's your emergency? I'm scared. I think I need help. 
Brett Skolnick is our guest this hour, Exxon Nation. He is the publisher of Voices or God, the journal of Alan Kerrigan. It's available at www.insidethejournal.com. Brett, did Alan originally come from a small town? Uh, no, he didn't come from a small town. No, just a ordinary, you know, suburban town. Nothing, you know, no, just a regular, ordinary suburban town. Yeah, no, there are... of people, so nothing like that. The reason I was asking, because uh, there, are, there have been cases that have been, you know, discussed in the past where people from small towns who come to the big city often suffer from depression and other other effects of the sudden growth and they find themselves very small in a very big city so that's why i was asking that um what was the condition of the apartment what happened in the apartment sure so when his mother arrived um she was told that the apartment was you know um uh, a pretty um uh, i don't know how to even describe it it was a pretty dismal scene so mm-hmm. she got in there um you know it, it smelt in there um rotten food um, cigarettes small smoke in the air and there was writing on the wall so it appeared that he was you know writing on the wall as well there was uh broken mirrors on the ground which is one of the things that he did write in the journal saying he you know can't stand looking at these mirrors he doesn't want to look at himself anymore so you know, he must have, you know, smashed the mirror on the ground. And it was just, it just looked like he was living in squalor. You know, it was just like not a place that mm-hmm. you would want anyone, never mind a loved one, but anyone, right. you know, to be living in for any uh, period of time. Um, and that's kind of what it was. And, you know, when she got there, um, you know, she was told that there was, uh, there was a journal that was laying there. And um, she picked it up and... She read it that night, you know, and continued on reading it, and that was kind of what was left uh, from him, you know, to her, more or less. You know, it was, I'm sure it wasn't, that wasn't the intention of it, but, sure. you know, that was her, you know, his, her last piece of him. When did all of this culminate? Uh, you know, what do you think the trigger was? I think, so... You know, this is the hardest thing in mm-hmm. respect to what Alan was feeling, right? So you hear that voices or God, right? That's the title. So the question is, did he, was he hearing voices or was he hearing God? And most people will say he was, you know, hearing voices. There was something going on, you know, with his mental health. But for him, he believed he was, you know, hearing a voice that was God. It wasn't a voice in his head, well, it was a voice, but it wasn't like his conscience or mm-hmm. something along those lines. So, you know, when did it all come to a head? I think it really started to come to a head when he went from thinking, at first he thought it was pipes, maybe it was the wind blowing, next door neighbor, etc. And then maybe he thought he had a ghost. But once he kind of made that determination in his head, that what he was hearing, what he thought he was hearing, mm-hmm. was God speaking to him, is kind of when he, you know, you could easily see through his writings, the spiral began. He started going down, and then he tried to come to grips with it. He thought about speaking to people. He almost spoke to his mother, almost spoke to one of his friends, um, but he didn't. He didn't have the courage. He didn't know. He didn't know what their mm-hmm. reaction would be. He was you know, very nervous that, you know, they would have him committed or make him go see someone. He didn't want to have to, uh, about all this. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it was, uh, it, it was challenging for him. Um, um, so yeah, uh, that's where I would say it all kind of came to a head is when he was, um, when he really made that determination in his mind that, God's voice is what he was hearing. Now, I, something that that I, I I can't understand is if he wasn't brought up in a very religious home, and there was no religious dogma attached to his childhood or to his adolescence or or in his life at all. Why did he think that God would want to talk to him? So one of the things that he writes about, and mm-hmm. that's one of the things that I was you know when I first 
was told about this, and I was like, that doesn't really make sense to me. But one of the things, he was hearing, you know, a different language, what he perceived to be a different language, and what he thought was Arabic or Hebrew or whatever he could make out what he was hearing. And then he, you know, he writes about how he Googled it, and it came back as, you know, this is kind of, you know, language that would be sought out to be the Hebrew-Arabic. And that's kind of how he really determined and the way, so instead of him hearing Alan, right, so he was hearing Aline, um, so stuff like that, you know, there was little snippets into that, and that's really what made him believe that that's what he was hearing as opposed to just hearing someone say, hey, Alan, you know, mm-hmm. or Alan, I'm over here, you know, something along those lines. He wasn't hearing it like that at all. It was, it was something a little bit more. Um, and, again, you you can only get what you get out of what he writes in there, and, and that's the takeaway, you know, at least for me and from most people I read, that's kind of what was made him believe that that's what he was hearing. Has the book, or the journal, I should say, been reviewed by any member of the mental health uh, mental health um, groups or industry? And if so, what have their comments been? Um, have not, to, to my knowledge. Um, this was something that, you know, was just recently released, so it wasn't mm-hmm. really necessarily sent to anybody in particular, whether it's from you know, somebody with mental health background right. or, you know, somebody with a religious background. So nothing, you know, that sorts at all. Did Alan have a normal childhood? Yeah, 100%. He actually talks about it. You know, regularly he remembers, you know, he writes, he reminiscing about just playing outside, playing mm-hmm. sports, playing, you know, tag or hide and go seek when he was younger and then just hanging out in the neighborhood. Yeah, just regular, ordinary kid that grew up in the suburbs, wow. loving life, playing with friends, hanging out with his family, and, you know, enjoying holidays, enjoying, you know, just being himself. What kind of job did Alan have? Um, was there a lot of stress involved? Yeah, he worked for a financial institution, just like um, um, like a cost accountant. So, yeah, I mean, it was, it was nothing like wildly, mm-hmm. you know, stressful, but, you know, just like any job like that you know there's management you know i'm sure he felt micromanaged and deadlines and stuff along those lines um so yeah he was definitely stressed out from workloads and he writes about you know work was pretty stressful over the past few weeks but you know we reached our deadlines and then now you know things have simmered down a little bit so absolutely and then just dealing with working living on your own i'm sure struggling to find a balance between, you know, being yourself and then at the same time being a professional mm-hmm. and then, you know, making sure you have money to pay for your yeah. rent and pay for what you want and be able to have that free time. So, yeah, I'm sure all of just life stru- um, struggles and stress has definitely impacted him in some way. Were there any love interests that might have uh, gone sour that would have also been a factor in his final demise? No, this had nothing to do um, I, I shouldn't say that. I do not believe so. Okay. From what I I read, and you know, it, I, it does. There's really no mention of an ex, um, you know, significant other in any way, shape, or form. I mean, definitely talks about you know, mm-hmm. liking girls and going out on dates and you know, meeting a girl and taking her home and stuff along those lines. But there was no, um, you know, broken hearts or anything along those lines. Wow. Hey, listen, I want to thank you very much for coming on the show tonight. Quickly, tell our listeners where some of the proceeds of the book go to, and also tell them how they can get their own copy. Sure. So you can purchase the book, uh, both in paperback and um, uh, electronic book as well, on www.insidethejournal.com. You can go to amazon.com and purchase uh, either format, um, and we uh, donate a percentage of the proceeds to the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention, that's AFSP, and I just want to thank you for, um, you know, talking about this today. I know it's a pretty heavy topic and a pretty, uh, you know, it's a different book than I'm sure you're normally speaking to 
people about, but I do appreciate your time. It was uh, great speaking with you. Uh, the pleasure was all mine, and we need to talk about mental health. We really do, because it's out there. It's a fact of life. We can no longer keep it in the closet. It needs to be brought out. It needs to be helped. Money has to go into the mental health industry. And it's because of people like you who are doing what you do. I'm sure that, you know, you're, you're, you're doing something wonderful. And I thank you very much for taking the time and joining us tonight. Thanks so much. You have a good day. You too now. Exo Nation, for more information, and if you'd like to get your very own copy of Voices or God, the Journal of Alan Kerrigan, visit www.insidethejournal.com. That's www.insidethejournal.com. And we'll be back on the other side of this break as we continue here in the Exo from our broadcast center in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. My name is Rob McConnell. Don't go away. Thank you.